Welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast. We discuss movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Oh, and someone else too. Yeah, it's I know. Uh, just you guys first. Joe, Duff, say hi. Oh, it's it's corset day. <laughs> Jesus, and we're joined. Oh boy, it's going to be a tight show. <laughs> God. We're joined today. Cinch it, cinch it. We're joined today by I can Heart still of the breathe. Ocean. I hate you guys. We're joined today <laughs> by Heart of the Ocean, Megan. Megan, thanks for being on. Yeah, I'm welcome. <laughs> <laughs> In we're going to talk about minute seventy three of Titanic today. Oh, it's a famous one. In this minute, if this Ru- were a Roger Corman movie, this would be like the end of the movie. Yes. <laughs> It's that we have two hours left. Uh, in this minute, Ruth tells Rose about the family troubles. Um, in a totally natural way that most people talk. Absolutely. And definitely the way your mother would enter your dressing room with your lady's maid when you were half-dressed. Yeah. Lady's maid. That, so- that sounds like a real title. Yeah, not handmade. I-, I think that needs to be corrected. Can you go back 50 <laughs> minutes and correct that, Rob? What about lady servants? Also, yeah, we go back you. one minute. <laughs> Oh, guys, come on. Why are you guys so bad at lady stuff? Well, there's a well, lot. That's why we're how, podcasting. How long <laughs> do you got? I shouldn't have asked. I took the bait. <laughs> well, we got to talk a lot about my father to get that answer. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth, Ruth comes in. She just, you know, demands Trudy to leave. Get that lady servant out of here. Um, and uh, Ruth, obviously, as you mentioned, her mom comes in and just starts Tightening up the corset. And fun fact for you guys, in the original script, Rose was tightening the corset on her mom, Ruth. What? Yes. No. (laughs) Absolutely true. At least James Cameron says it's true. Yeah. And and in the script, it actually says that Rose has her knee at the base of her mother's back and is pulling the corset strings with both hands. Wait, wait. Is this like erotica now? (laughs) No. No, but that's cool. Um, wait, I okay. Go on. That doesn't make any. That doesn't make any sense. How would Rose have been up that morning? She's obviously hungover from drinking the night before. There's no way she'd be up early enough to possibly be in her mother's dressing room to lace up her corset. Also, also why would she mother... be? Well, they had mimosas during brunch. So yeah, they, yeah. They, good point. She's, she's cured now. Care of the dog. <laughs> I mean, apparently Frances Fisher, uh, the actress who plays Ruth and Kate Winslet, had talked about it during auditions and were like, we should switch this. And then he went up to James Cameron, and in the most vintage James Cameron thing ever, James Cameron was like, I was thinking the same thing. Classic man. Just take it. Just yeah. take it, guys. I put, so, I put that typo in the handout to see if you guys would notice. Yeah. Absolutely. But I so, will take that credit. In the script, uh, it's in the shooting script, it says... Rose is dressed for the day and is in the middle of helping Ruth with her corset. No. The tight Now, here's here's some classic Cameron. The tight bindings do not inhibit Ruth's fury at all. This oh, sounds boy. like that video that Ted Cruz liked on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, Ted, I hope you're listening. I hope you are too, Ted. Um, yeah. So then, so then, uh, Ruth tells her, "You are not to see that boy again. Do you understand me, Rose? I forbid it." So, always works when moms tell that to teens. Mm-hmm. Every Does, single movie ever, it works. Mm-hmm. Especially mothers to their daughters. <laughs> Does does Rose sorry does Ruth know that Rose spent the evening down in steerage with Jack? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. So did Cal tell her? I bet no, uh, pretty obvious when she left right after Jack did. Yeah, and she was a first class lady down in the third class steerage. Of, of course, people were talking about it. I bet that uh, Spicer Lovejoy and Ruth have gossip hour, and he tells her all the dirt. Mm, everybody does that's what they talk about over yeah. tea uh rose mentions um <laughs> that stop it mother you'll give yourself a nosebleed it's great <laughs> <laughs> if scorsese directed this uh cal would have done a bunch of coke before flipping that table over right yes absolutely. i mean listen shelter would have played five times <laughs> <laughs> um i'm a writer and most of this movie is absolute garbage but that was the one zinger that i was like okay i i like that good job rose occasionally james cameron gets in some good insults and i'm guessing it's because he remembers things he said to his crew <laughs> or his wife's ex-wives yeah. or his daughters does he have daughters he has lots of kids oh gross Oh, this uh, is a this is a good segue. I'm sure it would have come up eventually, but one of and Rob, you'll remember this. I think one of my favorite, maybe the favorite quote about James Cameron is, or from James Cameron, is I think it's from Linda Hamilton talking about what a bad parent he was. And oh. I guess it, and at one point James Cameron said to her, "Look, anyone in the world, any guy can be a father." or a husband there are only five people in the world who can do what i do oh my god and that is what is happening in the world right now in a nutshell <laughs> to be fair he is kind of right <laughs> uh... yeah. he i mean he's he's a he's probably i would I, we for sure know he's a terrible husband that's yep. a fact like legally 100 has to it. <laughs> I just remember there was also the article also talked about how he would go off for like 12, 15 months at a time, deep sea diving, and then come home and he would treat the kids the age they were when he left. Oh, God. Perfect. Do you. He, the, he's trying to seal the deal by the only way he can still be a good father is by like having tons of money to leave his kids. So he's like, well, how many Avatar sequels do I need to make to finally blow everything? <laughs> One for each ex wife. <laughs> um, do we do we know why is there any ideas why uh ruth keeps having nosebleeds is it just allergies is it cocaine no i, I think dry air yeah and i think nosebleeds were sometimes like associated with women the gentler fairer fairer sex would have issues with bleeding or fainting and things like that i kind of chalk it up to that yeah <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I did a little bit of research about nosebleeds. Oh, no. Yeah, tell me about your research. Um, and tell I us fu- about women and bleeding, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Rob, tell me about your Googling. With their I, blood coming out of wherever. I yeah. found out... Oh, days. <laughs> I found out that Wikipedia says that 60% of people have had a nosebleed. That number is absurdly low, right? We've all had a nosebleed, I'm guessing. Yeah, like... I. 
I don't know how 40% of people have never had a nosebleed. Joe, Megan, have you guys had nosebleeds before? I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to perjure myself. Not for you, Rob. Sorry. So I <laughs> <Okay>. don't know. <laughs> so we have. I two, mean, we, sure. <laughs> have you had a nosebleed in your life? Yes, usually so, when I'm sick, guys, and it's okay. dry in the house. Okay, Joe. Yeah, I'm sure I've had one. All right. So like, yeah, I haven't had one where it's like dripping out of my nose since I was a kid, but. Yeah, so nosebleeds are most common in men, oddly enough, and also, obviously, kids under the age of 10 and then the elderly as well. But there's some interesting cultural meanings around nosebleeds that I had no idea about. Apparently... All right, tell us what Wikipedia said. Yeah, pray pray tell. Did you write this Wikipedia article? (laughs) In Japanese comics and anime, sudden, violent nosebleeds indicate sexual arousal. Of course. Of course. Oh, God. I know. And it goes back even like farther that in the Sioux tribe, women would experience nosebleeds as a lover played music. Uh, so I would like to see that sourced. That's all uh, wikipedia.org, Joe. Did Kevin Costner <laughs> write that? Yeah. <laughs> so, fantastic primary source, Rob. Great job. Yes. Um, and then, uh, so then, uh, carrying on in the scene, Ruth says that Rose is not a game. Our situation is precarious. You know the money's gone. Mm, just some great writing right theater. there. Yeah, of which perfect. I, I think of the room. <laughs> Where's the money, Denny? <laughs> I, I think of, uh, I'm just wondering, did Uncle Billy accidentally lose all the money to Mr. Potter? Oh, poor mm. Uncle Billy, the worst. <laughs> um the first time we find out about Ruth being awful, right? Like, through 73 minutes or however long she's been on screen, which is less than that, I guess, she's terrible. But this is the first time we're like, okay. No. I, what? I, well, I mean, she's – what else is she going to do? Yeah. Get a you job. Be a se- Absolutely. Even, You're a woman. She out. Be a seamstress. Joe <laughs> is right from earlier when he mentions that Ruth is essentially whoring out her daughter. But – my argument is, I know you're mentioning seamstress. We talk about that later. But, like, you know, she's this middle-aged woman with no skill set because with no husband and no money. And, like, what else is she going to do? She's trying to provide for her daughter the only way she knows. She's well, not, not trying not to provide for her she daughter. Knows. She's playing her only card. Well, yeah. but that will help her daughter in a financial way. Also, as she just she just laid out that it's not the only thing she knows. She could be a seamstress. Well, not we don't know that yet. That's a spoiler, Duff. <sighs> My point is, this is the first time we find out Ruth's motivations in the movie. I actually had um, something I was going to ask you guys. So this scene when I was, because I recently rewatched the movie, like in October, and I hadn't seen it for, I don't know, 18 years. And this moment just brought back so many memories. But one in particular, when I was trying to imagine, has my mother ever been so cruel to me or oh, as no. my mother ever put me in this basically a position where I have no agency in my life and of course I do not live in 1912 and I uh, have a life very different than Rose's but it got me thinking because I just was trying to imagine a scene in which I felt as powerless as I honestly do feel in the scene like like Rob said you see into why Rose is being forced into this and why she's basically been a brat for the whole 72 minutes prior to this. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think. So I had a question for you guys, which is, and perhaps 
I, I have a story, so I'm happy to share it as well. Because I think mothers have a way of doing this to their daughters. Um, and I think any woman in her life has probably had some moment when her mother or her mother-in-law or some woman in power up above her has used their control as a way to control your own agency. And I have a great story I would share, but I wanted to ask you guys, cause I don't know if this is like a thing moms do to sons. So like, has your mom just ever just like totally laid it down for you and said, you will do this over my dad. You know, like you will do this at all costs. Has this ever happened to you guys? Hmm. Like something that's um, serious. Like, I mean, my mom would have to do that to get me to go to school sometimes when I was a little kid. No, I you mean, like, I so, mean, you mean like something that has like a, like a long-term kind of decision. Yeah, or like a savage okay. takedown. The only thing I can think of, and this isn't in, entirely fit, I, I, I can't think of anything of my mother necessarily, but um, I have a half-brother who's much older than me, and uh, he, we were staying at my... Uh, parents house and he was a he's a bow hunter he's much older than me he's i mean he was an adult i was like a teenager big difference um he would go bow hunting and he showed me his bow and he was like oh you want to try it out and i of course was you know sure i'll try it out and i you know you have to pull the bow back and i was just absolutely emasculated because no matter how hard i tried i was not strong enough <laughs> to pull the ball back as he's just like no just you know just put put your weight into it. just pull it back and i kept trying and trying and i was guys i was trying really hard and i could not i could not pull it back and i just felt like the tiniest little boy in the whole world <laughs> and i was like probably like 19 like oh, or 18 say, or something I was, like say, I was like a teenager i thought you were gonna say you were eight because you were grew up in spooner wisconsin no. and you were hunting but okay. i was like for sure a teenager so between like 14 and 18 somewhere in there probably oh, oh, only enough that i should have been able to do it quite honestly yikes yeah yeah it's weird like pushing your mouse around on a desk and clicking doesn't get you ready to pull back a bowstring no absolutely not <laughs> so duff Joe, have either of you ever had these moments with your own mothers, girlfriends, wives? Because I think oh, I kept wait, thinking. We're opening this up to. Whoa! <laughs> now we're, uh, hold on now. I want to know. I want to know because the, the the girlfriend wife thing is a totally oh, different kind of power dynamic than than yes. your parents. Sure. I mean, we can talk about parents if you guys would prefer. Uh, well, that's. Yeah. I think that's the the minute du jour. So, um, mine is appropriately pathetic. Um, <laughs> so. So mine's also high school. This would have been uh, 1999. I was like 16, 17. Is this your Phantom Menace story? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> um, so is this two days in a row of Phantom Menace talk? Yeah. <laughs> the Rob is just salivating at all this Phantom Menace talk. It's his fetish. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Um, so I shocking to the viewers. Um, Bit of bit of a Star Wars fan in my youth. Oh, it really it? is. Oh what? my god. <laughs> I don't um, think I know this story. Remind me when when did Phantom Menace come out? Was it like ninety nine? Uh, it, it was the May of ninety nine. Yep. Okay. So around this time, me and all my dumb high school nerd friends were like, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna see it like three times that day. We're gonna go to the midnight show and we're gonna skip school. And we're gonna blah blah blah, and I th I would have been a soft end of my sophomore year, and so I like had this moment where like I was you know in my mind just like 
defying my parents and be like, told them like, we're gonna skip school that day. I'm gonna go see the Phantom Menace. And I'm like, I think I just. This is like the ultimate self own. (laughs) And I think I justify as like, I always get good grades. I never do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Don't have, don't party. Don't have sex or anything like that. Boring. Yeah, just the most boring, (laughs) pathetic nerd. And I'm like, we're gonna skip school and go see the Phantom Menace a bunch of times. Mom's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I am. There's nothing you can do about it. And so. My mom ultimately owned me, and she's like, if you do that, I'm not going to let you take your driving test. Ooh. And it was just, just like a mixture of just fury and just like, oh, I'm owned. A, a duel nothing, of the fates, if you will. Just nothing. Cannot do anything about it. Just, it's like, oh, I played all my cards, and they weren't very good cards. <laughs> Sorry. Duff, 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 jar, jar, duff, duff. Jesus. <laughs> Driving test! <laughs> Driving test! Wow. If that's a reference I didn't know to that's what I was I signing up for it. tonight, gentlemen. Jesus, Joe, how are you even dealing with this? Uh, I don't know. Well, so I wanted, I wanted <laughs> to ask you guys. Because... Uh, uh, I, my answer to that oh, is yeah, my, parents, like, my parents loved me, so they never... Whatever. My, my, my answer to that is my dad didn't talk to me. Until I graduated from high school, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that the question was phrased as mothers to sons, because if it was my dad, I was like, oh, I have no even like funny answers for this. It's just gonna be a long, sad story. And I feel like women, and I hate even saying this because of what's happening nationally, but I feel like women have this way of cutting down uh, other women. Uh, it is a thing that I think happens, and I mm-hmm. particularly think mothers. And grandmothers, mother-in-laws have a way of doing it. And it was just all I was thinking of like when I was watching this minute. And so I was trying to think of my own story. Like, do I have anything like that? And I have one, and I was going to tell you guys it. Let's hear it. I want all right. It. So can I just preface this by saying, Mom, if you're listening, we've never talked about this, and I love you, and you're like a kind, amazing, generous really wonderful woman and so i'm sorry for what i'm about to say rob edit, edit uh, that out for time no don't uh, rob keep that in my mom is a great person and i love I agree, her she is. Me- uh, megan's mom if you want someone to talk to about this uh just email titanicminute at gmail.com and we'll hook you up with my day absolutely mary if you're listening so she's a teacher and she's like i oh, i do believe teachers yeah. are like some of the, the most the best the oh best. they're incredible people <laughs> they're the best generous i agree so, absolutely but go on about it what else what else is good about them so put your pants well, on joe they're caring they give yeah. they give mm-hmm. a lot joe yeah they do um and then they have none left to give at home right absolutely none <laughs> they get home with zero that's <laughs> oh my god that's the most that's extremely true uh, oh, Megan, sorry. <laughs> Tell your story. No, oh, I've I just, never been dunked on so hard in my entire life. <laughs> I know. I just was really enjoying that, actually. Um, <laughs> so when I was in uh, high school, I was told by my mother that I was going to be confirmed a Catholic. My mom comes from a long family of Irish Americans who love being Catholic. That's just their thing. And I always knew growing up I was going to have to be confirmed. And I was fighting it for several years up until my confirmation. And my mom and I were getting into fights. 
And at some point before I was about to be confirmed, and I was like Rose's age, like, I don't know, 17, 16, mm-hmm. my mom and I got into like a teardown fight, screaming at each other. And I basically said to her, this was like days before my confirmation, I'm not going to do it. When I get up there and Katie, my cousin, presents me as my sponsor, I'm not going to do it in front of the whole church. I'm going to say, I don't believe in God. And we got in this just teardown fight. We weren't talking. And so fast forward like two days to my confirmation. My mom and I had not been speaking. My entire family is in mass, like waiting for the confirmation mass to start. I'm in the back with my like confirmation class and my, my cousin, who is my sponsor, standing in line, like queued up to go into the church. And my mom, like unbeknownst to me, comes out of the pews, comes through the back of the church, finds me in line next to all of my classmates and my cousin, grabs me by the elbow, like the way like a mean grandma, like controlling, grabs you by the elbow. And in front of everyone, just like whispers in a way that everyone can hear, says, if you do not do this, I will never forgive you nice and walks away and i just remember standing there everyone around me heard this there's no way they didn't and just being like mic drop my mom just owned me so bad there is no way i am not going to do this i will do this today yeah and then never go to church again which is what i did (laughs) that is a good own I mean, it was like savage. Like, and when I was watching the scene with Rose, I just couldn't help but think of that moment when, like, your your parent still at that like nascent dumb age just like controls you, which of course I don't like and I still reject. But I just couldn't help but feel for Rose how she was being forced into a marriage and I was being forced into a religion. I was like, Rose, I feel for you. Mm, Does it count? Does it count if your mom uh, constantly reminds you that she wishes you had been a girl? Whoa. Whoa. Hypothetically for a friend. <laughs> you know. Little Duffelina over here. Uh, That's a good segue into corset. Uh, I would have been Molly. She told me the name she had picked out. Uh, I would. You know what's crazy? I would have been. Things ma- are getting really dark, even for us. <laughs> I would have been. I would have been Mandy. I swear to God. No. What is wrong no. with you guys? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I was told that too. Okay, let's move on before yes. the tears. Weird. Um. So, who do I give the copay to? <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to Titanic, and uh, use it to buy Titanic minute merchandise. Yes. <laughs> um, may or may not exist. I don't. It really does. Know. It does. Oh, At okay. Titanicminute.com/slash/merch. Uh. So Rose says, "Of course, I know it's gone. You remind me every day." And guys, to kind of get this a little lighter. Uh, did any of you kind of wish that she said, of course it? <laughs> no. The big pun boy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Ruth says, your father left us nothing but a legacy of bad debts hidden by a good name. And that name is the only card we have to play. So, um, Ruth, this minute ends with Ruth saying, I don't understand you. It's a fine match of Hockley, and it will ensure our survival. So, and then Rose sort of says, like, how can you put this on our shoulders? So it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier regarding, um, you know, finding Ruth's motivation, at least, for the first time. I I would like to have an opportunity now for Rob and Joe to apologize for all the grief they gave Rose when I defended her. 
because we have found out some tr- some burdens to bear that Rose has this week. What? Because she blew smoke in her mom's face? Yeah, we no. also we also just established that almost all of us have burdens to bear from our parents, and that doesn't excuse acting like a jerk oh, to other people. Oh, snap. I think Rose's situation is a little different than not going to see Star Wars. I think Ro- I think Ruth killed Rose's dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we wrong. Turn this up to eleven. Else for this well, particular minute. Are well, you promised me more corset talk. Yeah, corset. Mm, the boys want to talk about corsets. Okay, of course I do. Give me, give Shut me the up. lace. Give me the lace. Uh, Joe, I, I got the impression from yeah. Rob that he had corset material prepared. No, 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 Joe. I want you, Joe, why don't you tie it in? Mm. <laughs> well, I was wondering what it's you guys think. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. This minute's been pretty tight already, but I think we can add some more. God, I hate you guys. <laughs> uh, what do you think the male uh, wardrobe equivalent of a cha- of a uh, of a corset is? Nope, nothing. That's the answer. Aren't there male spanks now? No. Um, what about a? Well, there are. What do you mean? No. There, I mean there are. What sure. About, what about a tie? <laughs> yeah, it's tie pretty tight around your neck. neck. Yeah, yeah, I have to loosen it after a while when I it's mean, hot. The men well, at Rob, the does, time. Rob, does the clip cause you grief? Oh, <laughs> I can tie my own tie, friends. Oh boy. I men. So this era is what is like the beginning of them like modern era with fashion um but a lot of edwardian sort of remnants are still in a lot of the women's fashion especially ruth and molly and some of the older women but i mean like dudes had like you know very starched pressed livery that they wore like you know their dinner wear um so i guess that was constricting however i would argue corsets were something society sort of put on women for centuries to wear to shape their bodies into specific ways in ways that men were not and so i don't think there was anything like at all because women were kind of like forced to be in this although the corset shape did change a lot at this time i actually know a lot about corsets there's actually we talked about it earlier in our uh in this run but uh one of the most uh important people in regards to uh, women's underwear and fashion is on this ship, which is Lucille. Yes. Yes. And she's, like, pretty famous. I also was interested because, have you guys talked about this? Deborah Scott won the best costume design for Titanic? Uh, We've discussed how good the costumes are. Deborah Scott is fantastic. She does a lot of James Cameron movies, too. Mm, Yeah, because I definitely was noticing a lot of the, well, Rose's dresses in particular, but... The scene was interesting, and I actually was watching a bunch of videos on corsets. You guys can go do that later in your alone time. Mm. Um, but I think the way her mom is lacing it up is not actually factually correct, um, because typically you would be cinching it from the middle down because the top would already have been tightened. Um, so I, I don't know if anyone knows more about corsets than I do, but I was actually kind of interested in that because I was watching some videos, and I was like, wait a minute, her mom does it wrong. Well... Uh, as someone Tell us who more wears, about these videos. As someone mm. who wears ankle braces, you'd start from the... <laughs> <laughs> Is that with your uh, your your specs, too? Your, yeah. Uh, mm. It's, you know... As someone burden. who wears a wrist guard for their, <laughs> <laughs> for their web design job. God. 
obviously the male equivalent is the the male chastity belt that you have to start wearing when you get a girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, we shouldn't talk. <laughs> Joe, we're not supposed to talk. We're not as men. We're not supposed to share that to the world. You're gonna get chastised at the next meeting, Joe. Yeah, the man meeting. Hush. I know you guys had a secret society where you were talking about this stuff. <laughs> Do you think, Megan, at the next girls met women's meeting mm-hmm. that you could talk to them about maybe we could have one day a week where we didn't have to wear them i mean <laughs> i can confer with my red tent collective and i can get back to you about that okay. or red tent if you could take <laughs> if you could take some pictures of the next uh pillow fight sleepover we'd mm-hmm. love to see those too mm-hmm. this is perfect <laughs> i but love if, this but only if only if it's on the day where we don't have to wear our chest <laughs> I actually had a question for you guys. How many times have you actually seen someone cinching up a corset? Like, what did, as, in like, dumb... Life? In real life? In movies. Let me rephrase oh, the okay. question. Like A few times. As, it's fairly common in movies set in this period, I think. Rob I and Duff as young, dumb teenagers. Joe as an adult. Um, what did you oh. think when you were watching this scene? Oh. Uh, I have no memory of it from the first time I watched it. The second... The, like uh, rewatching this minute, I was just thinking. I, every time I see corsets, I'm just like, "This is dumb." <laughs> I, I I just like I feel guilty and bad, even though I had nothing to do with it. And I just I just it's one of those baffling things. Like, why do we make human beings do this? I'm generally against false advertising. <laughs> oh my god! God, uh, Duff, are you able to override and hit stop? <laughs> <laughs> Corsets uh, are the Facebook ads of 1912. Oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing I was going to say about corsets, but we probably don't have time, is it's. I actually thought it was really interesting because they really nailed how Rose's corset is more modern. So previous to this era, the Edwardian era, women had these corsets that were the S-bend. And if you've ever seen like Antebellum and, and obviously Ed- Edwardian era, women's like whole front was like protruded and your butt like backed up behind you. And that was a really horrible repressive like form of corsets. And that had really changed by this time. And Rose's dresses and all of her look are this very, she's like a column. It's columnar. So the corset shape really changed and they actually like very do a really great job of showing that in the scene. Um, how it's changed and her mom is a little bit more of like the s bend like if you look at how she looks and even molly to a degree they they have that more edwardian era look and not just in their corsets but also in their dresses those dresses are draping and the asymmetrical asymmetrical like all that stuff that's the look that the rapper juvenile enjoyed the most i believe absolutely <laughs> rob <laughs> you're terrible uh, it, megan does have to give us her quick uh first time titanic story yes oh yeah um so i saw titanic i can actually remember it pretty well so i uh i saw it the december it came out and i remember because my mom had decided to have another kid when i was 12 years old and so i thought you're gonna say during when you were going to see titanic no no so we had to leave the house for a few hours no she didn't she only did she only worked on it during the loud scenes absolutely (laughs) I had a, a six, like a six-month-old sister at the time, and she was terrible because infants and children are awful. So my mom was really trying to get us out of the house, and it was like winter break. And so my my middle sister and I went with my cousin 
who I think was seeing it for the sixth or seventh time. Wow. And, I mean, you know, she was like a 12 or 13-year-old girl and was like all into the Leo mania. I wasn't. My mom was convinced I was a lesbian, still is. And so my mom <laughs> wanted me to go see this movie. Aren't you married? So, I am. I am. Nick, I love you. You're great. He still thinks I'm gay. Um, <laughs> so I went and saw this movie. Actually, six months after I saw this movie, I then turned 13. And at my 13th birthday, my mom asked me if I was gay as I was blowing out the candles on my cake. And someone said, oh, two boyfriends. And then my mom went, or girlfriends. And then my dad shouted, no. <laughs> wow. Well, that's how you stop stop your kids from being gay is to just yell no absolutely oh my god but anyway okay so i went and saw this movie with a cousin of mine who was seeing it for the sixth or seventh time and my middle sister who was nine at the time which like in retrospect there's a naked lady in here but pg-13 uh, though that's true uh and i remember like liking it but i had not watched it until i'm not even kidding you like a month ago for what was that 20 years i was actually surprised how well it held up because i think i only saw it once in the theater i was definitely not on like the leo mania sorry claire love you but like that was not my jam i mean my mom thought i was gay so it definitely wasn't my jam and (laughs) and i his long hair help at all or i mean i was like i I don't i had like (laughs) no gender normative feelings towards jack at the time i guess i do now but is that weird how old was he then He's like 20. Okay. That's cool. Legal. So I, I went and saw it and I remember liking it, but I never saw it again then for 20 years. Rewatching it, like, man, this movie does hold up. Like, the whole second half yeah. of the movie is good. Like, it is. I agree. Yeah. Agree. Well, Megan, well, I should say, Joe, Molly, our lesbian friend, Megan, I'm your host, Mandy, and uh, <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> tomorrow with minute 74.